Welcome to the DNVGL Talks Energy podcast series. Electrification, rise of renewables and new technologies supported by more data and IT systems are transforming the power system. Join us each week as we discuss these changes with guests from around the industry. Welcome to a new series of DNVGL Talks Energy, series five of this podcast. And we start uh, with a guest from DNVGL. So I have here with me Michael Wilkinson, who has a new role as Global Segment Leader, Energy Digitalization. Good morning, Michael. Good morning, Matthias. Thank you very much for inviting me. Michael, uh, we have a really interesting topic uh, to talk about. We want to talk about data analytics in the, in the electricity sector. Uh, before we start, it would be great if you could talk a bit about yourself as a person and your career history within the NVGL before. Yeah, absolutely. So um, my background is from renewables uh, and recently stepping into this role of now um, taking a wider remit across the energy value chain. So really, uh, my, my job is to drive digitalization in the energy industry and to help customers right across the energy value chain to respond to some of the rapid changes and disruption resulting from new digital technologies. Um, and really, I see uh, for DMVGL, our the opportunity there is about combining digital technology with our domain experience. And I think that's the um, the real sort of key the key aspect of it. Right. Actually, uh, in, interestingly, myself, I started more or less in the renewable industry as well. Before. But uh, what I found was what was very interesting: starting as a very kind of niche business, uh, maybe the tree huggers, which nobody really believed in. Uh, this is now something which is driving innovation. So utilities have to wake up to that theme. So what what would you see there is how does that technology help us also to advance on on the digitalization field? Yeah, I think that's absolutely right. And um, for me, I, I think there's in the in the energy industry there's there's three main trends um, that people talk about. There's decarbonization, so this proliferation of renewables. Decentralization, which is also about renewables being embedded more in the grid and about people buying and selling energy at the distribution level. Uh, and then digitalization as well. And um, by digitalization, it's a bit of a sort of buzzword in many ways, or you know, there's a lot of hype around it. Um, but for me, I think the best definition I've heard recently, someone described digitalization as the set of business opportunities which are created by computers, large and small, uh, the connectivity between them through the power of the internet, uh, software, so analytics and artificial intelligence, but then also uh, sensors and all the data that's generated from them. So um, within the renewable space, that's in many, in many ways sort of born digital, you know, these wind turbines and solar um, PV uh, panels and so on, uh, have always been generating data. You know, the very first wind turbines started with SCADA systems generating lots and lots of data. And uh, about sort of like 20 years ago, all this data was, um, you know, it was too much for people. They couldn't handle it. But now with this progression of digitalization, the uh, opportunities to actually gather that data, connect it together, and then do something with it is increasingly becoming realized. I mean, it is real. Um, and then the, the power... Uh, electricity sort of uh, distribution transmission system uh, has seen this all happening within renewables and they're now looking at this and saying well actually we wouldn't mind a bit of that actually we need some of that new technology we need some of that that digital technology to come and help us to 
uh, transform our own uh, part of the electricity sector. So um, when we talk about uh, data analytics in the electricity sector, there's a lot of vision. Uh, there's a lot of fear as well. So years back, we had the utilities talking about the death spiral of utilities. Uh, we talked about rebalancing of the different actors in the grid. So people who did renewables had a lot of incentives. The people who had to integrate it had a lot of problems. At least that was the perception. The things you just talked about, maybe we can use this podcast to establish or break that down. How do we make these things happen? Yeah, exactly. So uh, you're right, and, and there's a lot of hype around digitalization. Um, but it's not, re it's not an end in itself. Digitalization is not an end in itself. It's a means to an end. Uh, and it's helping us to achieve our ambitions as an industry. So um, we've written this white paper recently called uh, Data Analytics in the Electricity Sector, And there we talk about uh, the applications of data analytics um, and make it a bit more real and say, uh, so I think, I think there's three main categories that you can group the application of data analytics. And it's forecasting and operations and then uh, energy trading and markets. And all of those different elements of the energy value chain have got, um, or different processes within the electricity sector have got Uh, really nice examples of applications where digitalization is helping this transformation. Yeah, that would maybe be interesting if we just you know stick to those. So, w what about forecasting? How is digitalization, connectivity? How how is it helping? Yeah, so with forecasting, really, it's all about the ability to predict uh, power flows uh, minutes ahead. Um, we talked about renewables before, and renewables, of course, uh, are. Uh, intermittent, they generate power when there is natural resource available to generate that power. Uh, but one of the really interesting things about wind, for example, and solar, but wind, you know, it, they are intermittent, uh, wind turbines are intermittent in what they generate, but also you can forecast that really, really accurately. So you can forecast the electricity that's going to be produced day ahead or, um, you know, an hour ahead even really accurately. So that's where uh, data analytics really comes into its own and the ability to take data from uh, wind turbines, wind farms, feed that into your analytics models in real time and use that to refine your uh, power forecast for your, for your renewable generation. So that's one example where forecasting uh, is, is really helping to integrate renewables into the power uh, generation sector. I'm, I'm always wondering when we talk about this forecasting, we can do that on the generation side, uh, but should it not also help us to adopt the loads accordingly? I think that's not happening at the moment. At the moment we do conventional generation to right through the, the bumps, but uh, in the future could we use that technology to to kind of balance the grid. Exactly, and I think that's where there's huge scope for forecasting um, to be able to understand, so first of all, to, to measure the actual power at many more different levels within the grid, uh, right down to the distribution level, um, but then also use that and feed it into your model, into your digital twin uh, of your power grid, and use that to properly understand what's happening right now, but also what's going to happen in the future. Um, there's a nice example from, um, uh, from uh, IBM Watson uh, applied their IoT platform uh, onto FinGrid, I think it was. And there they fitted a load of uh, IoT devices along the um, electricity lines and the, into the distribution grid. 
and then use that to, to gather the data, feed it into their models, and give real-time understanding of what was happening, but also combine that with forecasting to understand what is going to happen in the next hour ahead, the next uh, 30 minutes ahead, the next five minutes ahead even. Mm. So if you mentioned that this uh, paper you have just published um, is also looking at operations, and a little bit, I think you talked about operations just now, but um, how can utilities, grid operators, utilize new technology? Or what are you covering in this operations uh, chapter? Yeah, so with operations, I think, um, there's some, some really nice examples of how uh, data is being used by grid operators uh, for example, to uh, detect fraud using smart meters, you know they can they can now uh, gather much more data in real time and then um, predict or understand what should what should be used versus what is being used and use that to identify uh, overuse and fraud. For example, there's nice examples from um, using uh, uh, data within the renewable generation um, world as well, so asset optimization. Uh, we've got this really nice thing that, um, tool that we've been developing recently called Wind Gemini, uh, which is a digital twin of uh, an operating wind turbine. Uh, and you know, we've we've been working in renewables for many years, and we've got a lot of domain experience there. But the the really interesting part of that has been to take it from an offline, um, do an analysis, and then send a report, and then you know, three months later you might implement some changes to take it from that into let's take real data from wind turbines in real time, feed it into your model, take your load calculations, update those load calculations in real time, and then use that to um, to give your wind farm owner or operator, but then also your maybe your um, your network operator as well, your grid operator, real-time information about what's happening and what is going to happen um, on, that, on that wind farm as well. So there I think there's, um, there's huge applications for analytics to help improve the efficiency of our renewable generation. Yeah, so you uh, mentioned Wind Gemini, digital wind turbine, digital wind farm, digital twin. Um, I always wonder, up to now we have what well, we design wind turbines towards a certain wind class and a certain standard, of course, and then every turbine in, in, in a farm around the world at the same time, the type has kind of a certain controller uh, making sure that the wind turbine is operating the way it was certified. Uh, with digitalization, with this digital twin technology, could we be more smarter and have individual control functions for each individual turbine, basically, to optimize for generation over lifetime or for the lifetime itself or whatever it is? Yeah, absolutely. And we're seeing um, people actually doing that as well. We're seeing pilot examples at the moment of people um, individually controlling turbines as part of a whole wind farm control um, system, which they can then use that to respond directly to requirements from the grid to maybe turn down generation, but to turn down generation when you need to curtail the grid, but then do that in a really smart way. So that your your um, turbines and you don't just turn off one row of turbines. You turn some of them off, and you do that in such a way that you actually balance the loads across the wind farm, uh, and therefore your your considerations are not just um, can I reduce the power output being generated by my wind farm, but also what's the impact on the remaining life of these turbines as well. And that's the really neat bit to say. Actually, there's there's more than just the 
reduce the power, but also reduce the power and do it in a smart way so that my wind farm can potentially last longer. So the, the, the money lost in the lost generation can then be recovered by allowing you to operate your wind farm for extra years later on in life. Yeah, exactly. Yes. I want to come back to this pilots uh, as such, which you mentioned. But before we go there, maybe let's let's look into the energy trading and markets, which you mentioned as another chapter of the paper. We had in another podcast series the Brooklyn Microgrid as a guest. So maybe you can talk a bit about what what technology can help us there. Yeah, absolutely. So I think energy trading and markets for me is one of the really interesting new ways that. Uh, Digitalization is really coming to bear. So, in various countries, we've got this rollout, this smart meter uh, rollout program. And uh, when that was, uh, when those programs were launched in different countries, uh, there was a an economic assessment that was done that made an assessment of what is the financial benefit to a particular country of the rollout of smart meters. You know, this is not a cheap thing. You can't just go and change every meter in everybody everybody's house uh, at zero cost. You know, there's a, there's a, there's a real, uh, very substantial cost associated with that. Um, so uh, so we, we're seeing this rollout of smart meters, and part of the economic assessment really has been around what can you do with the data that's being generated from those smart meters. Uh, so you mentioned um, Brooklyn Microgrid. There's other examples where uh, data from consumers is really being used in a really more active way. So, um, for example, in uh, in Cornwall, in uh, southwest uh, UK, there's uh, an example of a uh, local energy market which is being um, created and managed by Centrica. Uh, and what they're doing there is they're Cornwall is a, a particular part of the UK where it's uh, a lot of renewable generation. It's pretty windy, um, but also it's at the end of some long transmission lines, and that makes for a, a pretty tricky situation where you've got a lot of curtailment, constraint on the grid. So this uh, local energy market is intending to uh, allow uh, consumers and generators to buy and sell electricity from from the transmission lines, but also between themselves as well. Uh, and also to, to buy flexibility within that whole system. Um, so that's being enabled by all this uh, data being, being generated by the generation, but also all this data being generated by smart meters as well, so connect them together. Uh, and then also use technologies like blockchain, for example, to allow that trading of buying and selling to be done in a really secure way that people have got trust in it. Talking about these things, uh, it kind of becomes clear that making this reality, you've mentioned pilots before, we have to get from pilot stage to like industrial use and rollout. But to do this, we also will have to cut, for example, through industry silos. Uh, there's a lot of regulation. Coming to an end now of this episode already, but maybe we can kind of wrap up. How do we move from all these different interesting developments which work on small scale to really make that happen on a global level. Exactly. So uh, someone said recently to me that the, you know we should be we should be working in the airline industry. There's so many pilots, pilots everywhere, right? Uh, so the challenge is to uh, take these little test examples and make it real and roll it out. Uh, there's a good example of that from our um, smart cable guard product, which is being used to um, predict and detect failures within uh, distribution lines. There, we've um, developed that in combination with the university over many years. 
refine the technology, but now it's being rolled out and, you know, it's in the, an industrialized solution which is being rolled out in the, in the thousands of units. And we're seeing examples of that sort of around um, other parts of the industry where people are really, they've found a solution that works and now they're rolling it out um, in the wide scale. Um, you mentioned regulation there as well, and I think that's all this, all this nice talk about these digital technologies uh, is, is great and very exciting, but when it comes to actually making it real, um, I think that there is a, a, a significant challenge around regulation. Um, one of the features of digitalization is that it lowers the barrier to entry. Um, so we should see a lot of new players, but the regulations are pretty heavyweight and geared towards established players. Um, so um, you know, there's some real challenges there. And for example, back to the UK again, um, Ofgem, the, uh, the UK regulator, their stated aim is to protect the interests of consumers. And I think we're at a sort of critical point now where regulators around the world need to understand, is that protect the interests in the short term to ensure that they've got lower um, energy prices this winter, or is it to uh, ensure that uh, we're able to take the benefits of digitalization. And to do that, we need to uh, uh, make sure that the, the regulators are working with startup companies and allowing them to, to um, actually implement some of these new technologies um, in the grid. So thank you, Michael, for these uh, very interesting insights around data analytics in the electricity sector. I understand uh, this report is available for download from today onwards. It is, yeah. 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 So, once again, thank you for having the time and, and uh, talking about these interesting topics. To the listeners, thank you very much for listening in. This was Michael Wilkinson, the Global Segment Leader, Energy Digitalization on Data Analytics in the Electricity Sector. Thank you for listening to this DNVGL Talks Energy Podcast. To hear more podcasts in the series, please visit dnvgl.com slash talksenergy.